very good morning to you. And now on RTHK, it's time for Letter to Hong Kong with Dr. Arisina Ma of Hong Kong Public Doctors Association. The following program is a personal view program. It's easy to reverence those with power. It's even easier to treat generously those who are valuable and supportive, since it's only human nature. The only thing that tells one about the civilization and morality of a nation is how the regime treats the weak, those who criticize and condemn, and those who defy. Today, I would like to talk about、It's、my er- take on the predicament of the elderly and youth in Hong Kong. The care and support services for the elderly in Hong Kong have been lagging quite far behind other developed countries. Many families can't take care of their senior members, and significant number of the elderly are residing in elderly homes. The Code of Practice for Residential Care Homes for Elderly, which regulates the operation of elderly homes, was stipulated in the Acts. The regulations have been lenient and loose to allow private elderly homes to prosper. The demand for better quality, government-subsidized places in suburban homes. Far exceeds the supply. Most elderly could only reside in shabby private homes where they were sometimes poorly treated. Despite the frequent occurrence of incidents and negligence, the families of the elderly could only choke with silent fury, since the waits of government-subsidized places seemed endless. The social welfare department rarely imposed punishment on residential homes. That violated the regulations, or replaced them with reputed ones, to shorten the more than 30-month-long wait for subvented elderly care services. The government eagerly launched the pilot scheme of residential care service vouchers in 2017, hoping that the elderly would opt for government-purchased private home places under the enhanced board place scheme of social welfare department. Compared to the worst private elderly homes that charge an overwhelmingly low fee, those government-purchased private home places are seems to be decent, but their services are of diverse and inconsistent quality. Recently, the press has reported that an older adult residing in an elderly home was mistakenly given anti-diabetic medication, resulting in health consequences. That elderly home, which was under the higher standard category of the enhanced board place scheme, was also reported to have a rodent infestation. The Code of Practice didn't explicitly state the mandatory requirements concerning air quality and infection control. Outbreaks of seasonal flu or other infectious disease were found in elderly homes every year. The third wave of COVID-19 has also spread across dozens of elderly homes in Hong Kong. The elderly are the most innocent, yet the most affected by the epidemic. They didn't attend vibrant social gatherings, nor travel abroad, nor benefit from economic activities. Yet, most COVID-19 patients are older adults, among which. Some have unfortunately passed away. Even some were not infected. Those who were living in elderly homes with outbreak were woken up and brought to quarantine facilities in the middle of night. 
most service providers of elderly homes impose the stringent visitation rules. All face-to-face visits by family members were terminated. The elderly were separated from their families for months. Many daycare centers suspended their services for infection control reason. The elderly deprived of the community support and rehabilitation services they had the right to receive. How did the government officials respond to these? There was no apology, no condolence, not even a promise to evaluate the residential care services for the elderly. It has been more than a year since the anti-extradition law amendment bill movement began. The movement has left a deep wound on the young people. Some were hindered academically, some injured physically or psychologically, some lost their freedom behind bars, some were exiled, and some whose names were known as well as those who were not have even lost their lives because of the movement. Last year, two young protesters, a sixth former and a diploma student, were shot with live ammunition by the police. Fortunately, they have escaped from the grip of the Grim Reaper, but the injury left severe health consequences, and now they have to go on lengthy trials as well. Although the young people should face legal responsibilities for disrupting social order. The police are also expected to treat them fairly and professionally. It is obviously not what we observed. Out of disappointment and fear, some people have parted ways with their families and friends, and left Hong Kong for good. Twelve Hong Kong citizens, among which some are underage, were detained by mainland police in Yantian Samjun for allegedly crossing the border. Although the twelve citizens attempted to flee to Taiwan are involved in pending criminal cases in Hong Kong, the government should show concern for their well-being in Samjun and provide their families with adequate assistance. Not only do those in political power have no mercy for the younger generation, they are also resentful towards the professionals who have helped the young people. Spoken up for social justice and criticized the government. Healthcare workers, the press, social workers, religious figures, and legal professionals have all been attacked by the politically influential government officials. Those in power never reflected on their shortcomings in governance. Instead, they blamed the educators for instigating the youth and aggressively suppressed them to ensure. No educator would ever teach the students to think critically and independently. Dear seniors and young people, it has surely been difficult just to live a life in Hong Kong nowadays. The circumstances might have left you feeling very devastated. We couldn't quite see the light at the end of the tunnel yet, but with conscience, Hong Kongers will unite. And get through this bumpy ride together with you.